Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go. Four o'clock hour. Justin Watkins is in. Adam Hill will be in a little later on. It's our Battleborn Hour, Nevada Sports Talk Hour in Reno and here in Las Vegas. Before we get to the big four and four, what's going on? Well, I'm trying to get a trade done with Adam Hill in our fantasy league because my team's in shambles, one and two. I did look at your team. It's pretty awful, but not as bad as mine. Adams is worse than both of ours. I don't think so. Mine's no. bad. Really, we're all—all all three teams are bad. Huh? We're bad. Wow, okay. we're bad. So I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm trying to wheel a deal over here on the one side. I'm—I'm I'm really frustrated with football because my Oregon State Beavers absolutely gave the game away to USC. Um, most of the country didn't see it because on the Pac-12 network, completely thoroughly outplayed USC, made uh, Lincoln Riley's offense look pedestrian, and yet. We're three and one now instead of four and zero, oh and ranked in the top twenty. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. All right, start off with number four. A lot of historic home runs being hit. Iron Judge still looking for number 61. Albert Pujols with a miraculous run at the end of the season when it looked like his career was kind of dead last year and dead at the beginning of this season. Pujols hits 700. He does it at Dodger Stadium. And unlike the 60 homer dude who caught one and and really had a wrestle to get the judge ball, right? The judge ball guy gave it right back to Aaron Judge. Got nothing. Maybe he got something, but did not ask for any sort of high price. The Pujols guy in LA is like, no, I'm not giving it back. Jerk. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting concept. I, I wonder what I would do in the same situation. I'm pretty sure I would give it back. Um, but I'm also, um, you know, frankly, I'm in a a stable financial situation. If you know, if I bought a $15 ticket and the the well, it's probably not that now, but whatever. If I bought a $50 ticket and I um, was counting my pennies and I catch a home run ball that could mean five or six figures for me, I'm probably holding on to it until I get my my value for it. But I think the coolest thing about this whole story is is how Pujols responded. He's like, souvenirs are for the fans. If he wants to keep it, I got no problem with it. If I he wants that. to give it back, I'll take it. Yeah, because I think there are some players who get mad. Yep. So we talked about how much we cared about the judge home run and the judge run here, and we've kind of, at least with uh, myself, JVT, and Adam Hill, and Adam's kind of just sour on the whole thing, and he hates New York, and for some reason, he might not like Judge, but we kind of hashed out what what the 60th home run means or what 61. And with all of us, we're like, at least in my my opinion, the home run record is Barry Bonds. So I'm not here to judge who's on roids, who's not, what this era has, what other eras have. And the more I thought about it, the Pujol 700 is actually way more significant, a historic moment, than Judge. Uh you don't think a I, lifetime award, I, I, all those I, home I, runs and playing until he's like 42? I don't think Bonds' record is the record. I, 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 I think 61 is the record. And so, wow. um, that for me, and, you know, obviously I was way in on the the, the chase in 98 and in 2001. Uh, but, I mean, I, we look back at those years and it's just, 
it's almost silly to to even think that that was the same game that they're playing today. For those, you know, 10-year period, they were just playing a different game. Yeah, you could say the pitchers are roided up and the batters are roided up. And yeah, they probably all were. But that's just a different game. It's a different it's it's a different game. Those so numbers are out of sight. They'll never be matched again. Nobody's ever hitting 70 home runs. So, like, I, I just I, I I'm I'm of the 61. I think what I think the way in which pool holes got to 700 is more significant because, like you said, he rekindled his career in the course of the last three months to just go on this tear. Yep. You know that like you you could not have seen. You didn't think he was going to get to 700, and he just he just made a mad dash for it. So I think it's more compelling to watch Pujols over the course of the last four weeks. But in my mind, the season that Aaron Judge has put together on a free agent year is just incredible. He's, he's put back. He's put up the statistically the best season that may have ever been done. Can I come back over the top yeah. on my own question about Pujols? Now that you mentioned steroids and yeah. you know we talk about 700, Pujols started in the steroid era and came into baseball and was like one of the best rookies we've ever seen. Was awesome out of the gates. And totally. you remember, yeah. we've been doing the spot for about 10 or 11 years. You yeah. remember one of the stories we covered? And you kind of taught me something, you know, when I talk steroids on the air, yep. I kind of dance around it or yeah, I'll throw Jack in Clark. a legend. The Jack Clark case, yep. you and I talked about that very early on in your spots with us. And what did Jack Clark say? Said he knew for a fact yep. that he did. Don't, don't ever <laughs> say, when you're throwing out <laughs> accusations, don't ever say, you know. You know for a fact. Because Jack Clark had to back down. Because unlike Bonds and other guys who have said, hey, I'm going to sue over this. Yeah, he did. Oh, Pools went after him and Jack Clark freaking walked it back quick. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I agree too. I mean, the 700 loses some significance to me too because the beginning of his career, you know, the first 200 of those home runs were in the juice ball era. So, yeah, I, I, to me, I think just the way in which Aaron Judge is just so far and above everybody else in the league this year, statistically, both in a traditional statistics and more in-depth analysis. Um, that being said... Which one have I watched more of? The lead up to 700 or the lead up to 61? 700, but but I don't know. I mean, I'm not a Yankees fan. The 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 they're putting them in at four o'clock, right? When I need when I'm at work, so I'm probably not watching that. Whereas the Cardinals are more likely on a time available for me when I was watching it. So they're, they're both great stories for baseball to have, though. Number three. Number three. So we do have the Pro Bowl back. It is here in Vegas. They're doing the Pro Bowl games. It's several days leading up to a flag football game. Do you like this for Vegas? That's the first part. Yeah. Yes, and that's a week long. Yeah. Um, I I hope they take. I hope they really run with this. And there's like ping pong tournaments. There's like a poker tournament. So you, you want to you want a reinvention of the superstars from yes, the seventies and eighties? That's exactly what I want, dude. I want. <laughs> you know what's my favorite show? Yeah, I used to watch it all the time. I was. I always talk about the uh, Franco Colombo incident. Sign those waivers. This is a good legal one for you. Franco Colombo, bodybuilder, trying to carry a refrigerator, and the, the, the freaking thing got off balance and folded his leg the wrong way. Broke yeah. his leg on live TV. Yeah. No no power stuff. No power stuff. No sand stuff. No I don't sand. Worry, no Robert Edwards. Robert Edwards. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no sand. No sand. You know, poker, <laughs> ping pong, the safe stuff. Pickleball, some tennis, basketball. Have some tournaments. I think that would be fun. 
Um, I think people, they would get attendance Man. at all those little events over the course of the, of the week. And yeah, it ends up in flag football. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I wasn't aware of this, but you yeah. made me aware. Yeah, NFL's just, invested in flag football. They just announced the, that they were going to switch to, because last, last year's game, and I was there, I bought tickets for a lot of money, by the way. Um, and I, I think for the fans uh, to know what the product is and not like a faux flag football game, like, hey, this is what I'm paying for. Yep. Hopefully they lower the prices. I also didn't realize that the uh, International Federation of American Football is trying to bring flag football eventually to the 2028 Olympics in L.A. Yeah. What do you think of that? An Olympic sport flag football. It could get interesting to see what kind of like talent can shine in flag football versus traditional football. Um, I'm open to the idea, but I'm, I'm an Olympics guy. Like I will watch anything in the Olympics. I love the Olympics. I love every sport of the Olympics. I watched curling on, you know, whatever CNBC at 2 AM. Um, so uh, I'm an easy get number two, number two, big four at four with Justin Watkins, Steve Cofield here in our Nevada sports talk hour. Um, I don't like saying seasons are over, but I think the attitude, listen, play hard, try to develop, try to be competitive. I don't know that the Patriots should be max motivated from an organization standpoint to win a ton of games. It sounds like right now there's a big argument between Mac Jones and his people and the organization. The organization may believe that it's four weeks with this high ankle sprain. He may think six to eight weeks. I mean, if it's if it's six to eight weeks, I mean, when he comes back, you play him. But the goal now, frankly, sorry, Mac Jones, but the goal now is with some good quarterbacks potentially going in the top 10, they're playing for another draft pick, and Mac Jones could find, you know, sort of the the same fate, and it's not directly comparable, but to Josh Rosen, mm-hmm. who the next year got drafted over. Mac Jones could be drafted over in two years. No, I agree with you 100%. You know, uh, I have a... a- good friend of mine who's a Patriots fan and he was talking about well look at him back in you know four six weeks and I'm like why like what what's the hurry you you don't what do you want to win or do you just want to be seven and ten why do you want to be seven and ten you know there's no incentive for the Patriots to win they're not doing anything do you think he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback no he's a top like 14 13 quarterback in the NFL I don't can he ever be I don't think he's got that ceiling but I you know I'm no quarterback guru but when I watch him I don't think Oh, I could, I could see something here. I didn't like the pick from the get-go. Yep. And and then, you know, after last year, he was okay. And people are firing at the Niners about, you know, oh, it looks like the, you know, passing on him was a mistake. Like, no, it wasn't. I, now, Trey Lance might not be the guy, and we don't know because he broke his ankle. But uh, that quarterback draft may turn out to be pretty much a dud. And and the, the other part of this is Belichick's 1,000 years old. Like, yeah, yep. how much time do you freaking – same, same it's the same thing I talked about with the Seahawks. Like, Pete Carroll and John Schneider – Guys, I mean, be competitive, but don't freaking win eight games. Yep. Like, you got to be in the four or five win range. You got to get a quarterback here. Top story. Number one. All right, along the legal lines, and also we were just talking about quarterbacks, one of the all-time great quarterbacks, according to most, although he's now sullied his name so much, I think people are not objective on the kind of player he was. But, boy, this Brett Favre thing continues. And, you know, first, it was getting involved in this whole massive fraud deal, and there's a lot of people involved. I had forgotten that the whole Mississippi thing also involved the uh, DiBiase's, mm-hmm. right? So a couple of things have developed in the last week or so. Um, it was a volleyball arena where Favre got money, moved from the welfare system. Now apparently there's correspondence with Favre reaching out to go, oh, 
You got money? So was he looking to get money diverted for a Southern Miss football facility? So we don't have the clear picture on what that that is, right? So Governor Bryant's team has submitted some evidence in uh, in response to su- subpoenas, which show that what they're attempting to show is that Governor Bryant was only involved in discussions with Brett Favre to the extent that he thought it was about private donations and corporate donations for Southern Miss, and that he wasn't even aware that a nonprofit by way of a grant from the welfare system was even involved until years later he that it wasn't even part of uh, what was on his radar so at the beginning it looks like Favre is saying hey we're, we're gonna put up a bunch of money for this but I, I really need some help in raising money can you get me in contact with people who have similar interests and could get this thing funded and the governor's like yep I'm, I'm all over it I'll I'll do what I can for you so I don't think that there's anything in particular that's crazy about that what the crazier part about that story is that he went back to the well and was trying to get an indoor practice football facility through the same nonprofit who was using the money from the welfare system. And this time he had the governor involved at the beginning. And the governor was like, Hey man, this stuff is super regulated and you can go to jail for like misappropriating funds. Be careful. That's the only thing we know. We don't, we have, there could be more correspondence that somebody else who's already pled guilty to has provided to the authorities. But right now, we only know that part. Well, at least the governor was aware. Whoa, 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 whoa. It, it don't work that way. This isn't your personal piggy bank. You can't just go to all your pet projects all around the university and build what you want with this kind of money. That's not what it's there for. And the dangerous part here for Favre is that was in the uh, court records. But John Davis, the former director of the Mississippi Department of Human Services, uh, just pleaded guilty last Thursday. Um, Davis has agreed to testify against others. So they got someone flipping in this case. And, you know, the the feds could be going after a high-profile guy in Brett Favre. Big Ford Force presented by Battleborn Injury Lures in Reno and Las Vegas, 766-1400. Call it from anywhere in Nevada. Hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. It's Cofield and Company. Sports and legal talk right here on ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas. Justin Watkins is in. Um, one more thing on Favre, because we were just talking about Brett Favre before the break, and that now they've got a a guy who was in the center of this in Mississippi with all this uh, welfare fraud to flip. So who knows what he's going to say about Favre. Favre tried to go back to the well at least one more time. Uh, we've talked the last couple of weeks about morals clauses and endorsement contracts. And to this point, the partners of Favre, uh, no response from Sirius XM. ESPN Milwaukee, I guess that he does the spot with them, have paused radio appearances. That's interesting. Uh, Copperfit's a big one. They, they actually came out and said, hey, we're sticking with them. And no response from three other partners. I've asked you this before about, you know, as a, as a legal person, if you're a lawyer at the company, do you cut ties or you're like, yeah, let's stick it out because we don't want to have trouble blowing back on us from Favre. If, well, if I'm a copper fit and I in my demographic is what I think my demographic is, I'm going to stick with them because they're not going to care about this story. Right. Like people over the age right. of 60 are just not, not going to care. Um, and so <laughs> it's funny that that's the one that who stuck with them. Copper fit like they know their people. <laughs> they know that yeah. they don't care about this. 
political correctness or the yep. poor or the people who don't can't you know pick themselves up. They're out the to get Brett Favre. They yeah. don't like him. Yep, exactly. So uh, that's that's funny that that's the one that that that's the outlier. Certainly, you have a basis to um, cancel or pause a contract. There's going to be a morality clause in all of those. Just say now. The question is, if you're far, if how much you want to push back and say, like, I haven't been accused of anything. There's right. no criminal action against me, but there is a civil one, and I believe there will be a criminal one. I mean, the the most recent guy who flipped is the third person who's pled guilty in this scheme. Oh, because back now, to the DiBiase case, that's the wrestler right. case. That's yes. right. And, well, specifically, the head of the nonprofit who was the conduit between the welfare money and Brett Favre, she has pled guilty. Now, it didn't say in the story that she's agreed to testify, but I'm telling you, if she pled guilty, she's agreed to testify and, and, and participate in the investigation against whoever their target is. Who's their target? There's only two big fish in this whole thing, Governor and Favre. And so they got to be trying to build that case. Otherwise, right. you're not making these sweetheart plea deals that talk, that talk about cooperation. So I think the sharks are circling around Favre. I think you will see a criminal action come his way. Um, there already is a civil action. So it's just, a, I think it's a matter of time. I mean, they certainly done their homework. They got these guys to, to admit to it. We like to think on this show that we're fighters, but we're not, but we like to watch fight videos and think like what we could do or if we'd get sued. Um, I actually, we always do a good prep list together. I actually texted you a video. Did you get it? Yep. Okay. So this video features, uh, now I can't remember the area. Was it Texas? Anyway, there was a there's a it looks like a Dodge Charger driving really fast. Yep. And it looks like a highway. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, there's traffic and a traffic light coming up. And th this person appeared to be going, I don't know what they were going, 75, 80, 85 miles an hour, and they slam into three cars. Mm -hmm. The other three cars don't look like they got incredibly damaged. The charger gets very damaged. There is a woman in a minivan full of people. The woman comes jumping out of the minivan. And starts screaming at the guy who rear-ended her. And then someone else comes out. But the, the woman like kind of grabbed them and someone else grabbed them. They pull him forward. They get him to the ground. Maybe they give him a little bit of the business. And then within like 20 seconds, the cops are there. Can you get in? If you get rear-ended by someone going 85 miles an hour, you're fine. And you go to, uh, to punch them or get a little rough with them. What sort of protection do they have? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, it's facts. Fact specific. I can't give you a rule that's going to apply to all situations about being rear-ended at any particular speed. You're going to ask me what the threshold is and all that. It, it all the facts are are determinative, you know, of of what is reasonable under the circumstances. I, I laugh because that video is just straight mama bear, right? Like yeah. she just gets out and you know she's seeing lights flash in front of her eyes and she yanks the dude out of the car and yeah. he's like he's got no fight in him. He's like oh, he's, no, no, no. He's, he's probably screwed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this guy's on a car chase, and that matters to me because it, it, what happens when he rear-ends them is it's not accidental. He intentionally rear-ends them to try to blow through yeah. that stop traffic and get through. That matters to me because when I'm looking at whether or not her actions or the other guy's actions are reasonable, I'm saying if she did physically assault him, was she doing it in self-defense? And I would say wow. yes, right? <laughs> you 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 took a, an object that can be a deadly weapon in certain circumstances and certainly going at 80 miles an hour on the exit of a freeway where we're stopped and trying to run through us had the ability to kill me. 
and my kids. And I don't know if you're done. You might start going again. You might try to run into me again. You might try to run into my kids. I don't know what you're trying to do. So when I go to get you out, I I think you have a reasonable basis to say it's all a matter of self-defense at that point. Another fight story. It was very brief, but we saw a video earlier in the week of someone traveling from Cabo to LAX on a flight. Uh, The passenger didn't like what was going on. I think tried to use the bathroom in first class and punches the flight attendant. How serious can the charges be against someone who is punching a flight attendant? And I also wanted to throw in, is there a lifetime no-fly list where, you know, maybe you get, you know, hit in the short term, but never being able to fly ever again domestically, that would be a penalty. Well, first off, I mean, we're talking about federal felony here. Um, so there is a substantial chance, I think, that he's going he's gonna to face prison time. This isn't going to be a situation in which they go, uh, oh, yeah, you know, we're not too big of a deal. He's remorseful. He's going to put in all this community service. Like, that's not going to happen here. And so when you talk about a, a no-fly list or a lifetime ban, I mean, I would imagine with that airline, he's banned for life, right? And these airlines are not... You don't have a constitutional right to fly, right? Right. There is in the Constitution, it is an implied right, the ability to freely travel in and amongst the states. That is implied in the Constitution and has been held by courts. But your mechanism of travel is not constitutionally protected. So there is no right to fly. And if the private company that runs the airline says, not you. And they want to say, hey, other airlines, by the way, here's the dude. If you want to also make a similar ban, sure, they could absolutely do that. Now, whether or not there's a federal no-fly list that has some um, criteria for a lifetime ban, I don't know if it works in that way, but whatever whatever no-fly list is, he's probably going to be on it. Justin Watkins, 766-1400 is the call. Uh, number for anywhere in Nevada. All right, this is one of our favorite stories because it involves the folks up in Reno. They're familiar with some of these names, certainly here in Las Vegas. We had some sort of alleged dust-up between Michelle Fiore and Victoria Seaman. They were, I guess, pals in the past, and now uh, Fiore's running for state treasurer, right? Yeah. And the claim is Seaman said, hey, last year she attacked me. She uh, broke a bone. Um, I'm now suing... So we would, I think we addressed this probably, whatever, nine months ago. And, you know, it's a she said, she said, is there, is there video? So what's the deal here? Well, this story does have a northern component because they met and were allies in Carson City when they were both serving in the legislature as assembly members representing districts in Las Vegas. Fiore uh, out near Centennial Hills area, northwest of Vegas, and Victoria Seaman on the west side up here in Summerlin, um, uh, more traditional Summerlin, Lake Mead area. And so they served together in the same legislature in 2015. Uh, they were both votes on the good That's old awesome. Raider Stadium. Oh, good, good, good. They, uh, they were many, one of the many members who probably didn't read SB1 at all to <laughs> spend the $750 million plus when we add in the roads. By the way, the roads are being worked on now, too. So it's going to be wonderful. That's but right. Keep, keep well, going. Yeah. At least they gave us the, the carpool lane, by the way. But okay. Um, uh, I, on the, that uh, road work. But so they, they met up there uh, when. Victoria, uh, I'm sorry, when Michelle Fiore decided to uh, not run for assembly, um, she uh, ran for office and then eventually gets into office in Las Vegas City Council. Two years later, Victoria Seaman does the same thing. Um, and 
they are serving on council together. Their whatever friendship or personal relationship or however working relationship they had really went sour really fast. And this lawsuit is not the first instance in which they've gone after each other publicly. Um, it's been pretty, it's been pretty nasty in what they're willing to say about each other as they both vied for bigger office. They both have gone for Congress. Victoria Seaman tried to do governor. It's not, no, I'm sorry. Michelle Fiore ran for governor before she dropped out and switched over to treasurer. And, uh, you know, Victoria Seaman was not in any interest in trying to help her, you know, accomplish any of these goals. So what they allege is, Hey, there was a, a dust up. Fiore, you know, was physical. Fiore broke my finger. Fiore then ran to the mayor's office and said that Seaman had attacked her. Seaman went to the mayor's <laughs> office and said, no, that's not correct. And we have video. Ooh. And allegedly there was video that depicted the act. Fiore allegedly admitted th that Seaman had it correct. And then when Seaman began to move forward with this because she felt she was getting bullied about it, the video had disappeared. And that's why the lawsuit is both wow. against Michelle Fiore and the city of Las Vegas. All right. So where does this go? We got about 40 seconds here. They, well, Seaman's got good attorneys. I know them. They're good. Um, so, <laughs> All right. <laughs> so it's not going to end soon. Um, and I think, you know, at this point, these kind of guys aren't out here to, you know, win a few bucks. I think they're out to destroy each other, and that takes time. So there's going to be some. <laughs> <love it>. yeah, <laughs> they're out to destroy each other, and, and that takes time. Yeah. So I think we're going to see a legal fight here for the next year or two. Oh, my gosh. All right. We continue with Justin Watkins here in our uh, Battleborn Sports Talk Hour. 766-1400 is a number to call Battleborn in either Reno or Las Vegas. It's the Nevada Sports Talk Hour. Cofield and Company on ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas. You are listening to Cofield and Company live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. Justin Watkins here. All right, let's close out on a couple more legal stories. Uh, back to football for this one. Uh, MetLife Stadium's had a lot of issues with their turf, and Sterling Shepard went down with an injury the other day, and I've heard a bunch of players railing on the turf at MetLife. I think this is a story we've discussed before about when turf is jacked up and players are getting injured. Uh, who could you go after when you're part of a players association, when you're part of a league, can you go after the, the turf provider, the manufacturer, the team, the stadium authority? Well, what's there for Sterling Shepard and others who are like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm potentially damaging my career. So anything that is related to, the foot like liability from the football team or the ownership group or um, is going to be covered by the collective bargaining agreement, meaning they're going to have a process. There's not going to be liability. Uh, any liability is going to be protected. And even if there wasn't, that would be a workers' compensation claim, which is going to limit your recovery to just what your medical expenses are. You don't get pain and suffering. Um, you can get future medical expenses if that's on. Out, out there, but um, you're not going to get lost contracts. You're not going to get any of that stuff. Okay. So if, if Sterling Sharp were to come to me and say, Hey, how can I access other avenues of financial recovery to make up for what I'm about to lose? 
where you would look, and, it, and it's not going to be great, but you would want to look at whether or not MetLife is owned by somebody other than the teams, but I believe it's owned by, I thought it was owned by the Giants, but if it's owned by somebody different than the teams, then you would want to look at their contracts, but I'm sure they're locked tight and that the NFL protects them from any claim and everybody who's protected under the collective bargaining agreement uh, applies equally to the stadium. So then you would say, okay, I can't go after anybody that the NFL employs or the team employs um, as an employee or as a contractor over which they have control, but I can go after somebody that they pay a vendor or otherwise if they don't do their job correctly. This is why Tyrod Taylor is able to go after the doctor on a malpractice claim. He's not an employee of the doctor or of the team. He's an independent contractor over whom they have no direction or control, meaning they can't supplant their medical professional uh, opinions for his. So what could that look like? The manufacturer of the turf, if there's something wrong with with the turf in its design that does not allow it to be laid in a way that's safe, you could bring that claim. Right. Um, but the installers, probably not. Not if they were hired as part of the NFL or the team or the stadium. So you you have to go back in the chain of command here to get to the early people that were not paid or hired by the NFL to try to find some liability. Quick one here. Fun, unless you're a recipient of one of these texts. California has passed a law penalizing people for cyber flashing. Now, when Ari sent this over, uh, he put it as... Uh, Men will finally be accountable for sending unwanted D pics to women. Um, it could go the other way, I guess you could say. I, yeah, yeah, I want to see those sure. boobs. Um, and this could be a penalty, what, like 1500 up to 30000 It's a much-needed deal because, I, I mean, we know enough women who are, you know, it's like it's just it's endless for some women. They're just getting them all the time. Well, that and, you know, you got to think about kids and, oh, yeah. you know, young teenagers, stuff like that. There's got But this, this law only applies to people under the age of 18. It has a a fine like a oh, statutory really? fine yeah, only, only under 18 under 18 only plays okay. under 18 statutory fine of $1500 but it allows access for a civil lawsuit in which you can claim up to $30,000 in damages you can claim pain and suffering you can claim I mean not pain and suffering punitive damages and attorney's fees and costs so punitive damages can, and attorney's fees and costs can turn a $30,000 case into a $300,000 case um, depending on the circumstances so it you know what? It's it's great for somebody like me if that's if I was in California and that's the kind of business I wanted to get into. I, you know, it it makes a case viable, right? Whereas anybody walks in and says, "Hey, this guy sent me D pics. I don't want anything to do with him. Can make him stop." And I'm like, "That's not what I do." And there's no financial recovery. I don't keep my lights on by being, you know, right. by being a savior. I got I, there has to be a, a a mechanism for financial recovery. It's Cofield and Company with the Battleborn Sports Hour. We roll on in just a few. Last year, the way Derek Carr played and handled and led that football team, I think earned the respect of a lot of people. I thought that he would continue to play at a really high level. He's missed a ton of throws this year. It's not like they haven't gotten guys open. Look, you can put an awesome team together, but if the guy pulling the trigger is not getting the football to the guys that are getting open, it doesn't matter. Now, back to Cofield and Company at the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. 
That was Tim Hasselback talking on the ESPN National Morning Show that we get super early morning here. Justin is going to do a little overtime. He usually cuts out a couple of minutes ago. Justin Watkins is here. We did just have a follow-up now. So we told you at the beginning of the hour, about 10 minutes in, Brett Favre, there was a second attempt to go get money. First attempt in Mississippi in this welfare scandal was to get money for a volleyball facility. Then apparently he reached out to try to get more welfare money for a new indoor practice facility for Southern Miss. And now apparently the Brett Favre Foundation, a charitable organization, was part of these efforts. A different, a different set of efforts, but overlapping. By the way, the look on your face right now, you're like, oh, uh, yeah, this, this is not good. This isn't good. No. So, well, we don't know the full story, right. but the Athletics reported that Favre's foundation, Favre for Hope, which, quote unquote, is a charitable organization whose focus is to provide support for disadvantaged children and nonprofits that provide assistance to breast cancer patients. That's the stated mission. And in the years that his daughter was a student and a volleyball player at Southern Miss, um, gave over $190,000 in donations from the organization to Southern Miss, some of which looks like was directed towards the practice facility. And if you're committing nonprofit fraud, that's that's big time. I mean, that's that's jail time stuff um, here. Now, we don't know if that's the case. We don't know if the donations that were given to Southern Miss had um, markers on them that said specifically this could only be used. Like, for instance, if the marker was that this can only be used to uh, advance um, wheelchair access at Southern Miss Volleyball, well, then that probably would be in line with with what we're talking about. So there, there can be a donation in which this would be compliant, but based on how this has gone so far, I don't think that that they they I don't I don't know that they were crossing T's and dotting I's here and, and, and making sure that they were <laughs> compliant with tax code and and federal law in regards to five hundred one c threes. I know we've talked about this in the past in regards to another athlete. And I, I look, I want Brett Favre to go down and pay a lot of penalties for what has happened. Is the too stupid defense? Does that apply? No, not here. No, no, no. So <laughs> when you're running a 50, I don't know about tax laws. I'm just a football player. Then you shouldn't be running a 501 C three. That's the thing right now. It could be that he's not in charge of his 501 C three, but that's not what's being reported. So somebody said, hey, let's go donate money to Southern Miss to the tune of $200,000 over the course of two or three years. Um, still read the, the article here. Uh, but that's strict liability, meaning it doesn't matter if you had goodness in your heart and you did wrong. When you misappropriate nonprofit funds, that you pay the penalty. Sometimes it's a fine. And sometimes it's jail time. Now, if they find that it was fraud, meaning you are going to raise money by saying you're trying to help breast cancer patients and disadvantaged children, and then you're using the money as a backdoor to be a booster for your old school, well, that's charitable fraud. And that's probably jail time. I mean, you know, I like to just spin things wildly. I was just remembering my, my brother and his friend when we were younger used to go out and sell candy bars for the PPF, which okay. was the Personal Profit Foundation. Okay. They never actually <laughs> said what that was. They would just say, hey, we're raising money for PPF. Okay. Is that fraud? Like, they didn't say what it actually was. No, I don't think so. 
No, well, here, here's your, here's the technical answer. The technical answer, the I, I went to law school. Here's what law school would tell me. Answer is if you believe that you're entering into a transaction or a contract with somebody, and you know that they have a mistaken belief of what you're saying, even though you haven't said it mistakenly, right. but you know that they have mistaken what your intentions are that you are to correct the error. And if you do not correct the error, then their assumption of what they understood the transaction to be is the correct one. Hmm. You don't get to say, no, 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 that's not what I intended right. when you knew that that's what they believed. Hmm. So the, the, the technical answer would be they would have a claim for breach of contract at the very least against your brother. Um, but the practical answer sure. is like, that's probably, uh, not something that they would feel comfortable about prosecuting. Justin Watkins with us as we uh, close out this four o'clock hour. Adam Hill is in as well. When I just heard jail time and Brett Favre, I was like, eh, it's going to be country club, minimum security. And then it got me thinking about something I just read. And I'm sure people all over state have seen this story because I actually read it today when I was looking through the uh, Reno uh, Gazette Journal. There's an escaped inmate who was... Convicted in the Luxor bombing in 2007, a guy, uh, Duarte Herrera. So he escaped last Friday. And the first thing I noticed was he was in a medium security prison. How is that when you're serving concurrent life sentences? I, yeah, I don't get that one. When I saw that, I'm like, but, what? But I'll tell you, it, it, what I'm talking about in regards to Brett Favre, that would be a federal crime. It'd be federal prison. Would it be a country club prison? Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a nonviolent it's a nonviolent uh, financial crime. That's like that's literally like the prisons where there's no walls and you're just but but you, nobody escapes because if you so like not even as harsh as orange is a new black. I've never seen that. that you never seen that show? No, yeah. no, no. But here's here's the thing. Like I've known people who are in these prisons. Like they have like happy hour. There's like all this stuff. Come but, on. But if you try to escape. Put they you put in you in real, real prison, prison. <laughs> so okay. nobody escapes. Everybody follows all whatever <laughs> minimum rules there are because you got it about as good as you can get it. You only have to show up for jail like two hours a day. No, no, you live there. You, you live there. You live there, but it's it's not a bad place it, it, in perspective to what you've done, right? I got to do one follow-up on the, the story that Ari uh, threw us before the show about the cyber flasher lawsuits. Yeah. And again, he wrote it in California. Men will finally be accountable for sending unwanted D pics to women. I was actually the victim of a D pick. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. One of the SOs. Oh, didn't they think there the, it was a different number? Well, one of the SOs best friends, her boyfriend sent me a wiener pick. Okay. He mistakenly, I don't, uh, you know, we never, here's well, the thing. We never talked about it. I assume that he mistakenly <laughs> thought he was sending it to her, not the SO, but the girlfriend and maybe had me on the last text or something. You know, you do that sometimes. With, oh, maybe, um, and, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was we a need proposition to about the four of you. Maybe we need to have, well, I don't know. So. Upside down pineapple with the picture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know what that means. I don't know what your kids are doing <laughs> with your text. Sure. I have no clue. No clue. All right. Before I get you out of here, I want to hit um, some, betting angles on the Pac-12. But my first question is, is anyone, anyone going to show up for the UCLA game in the Rose Bowl against Washington on a Friday night? I, like they've I been mean, getting no – I don't know what – like get, no one freaking goes. They'll get more Husky fans than Bruin fans, that's for sure. They're getting three and a half. No, I, I – Washington I like, is a three and a half point favorite yeah, on the I road. like Washington there. I, I, I think by double digits. Really? Yeah. 
Wow. Well, oh, you better bet that because I'm taking UCLA. Okay, let's do it. Adam? Are you just taking out your anger at the L.A. schools right now? No, I don't think the UCLA is very good, and I think Washington will probably be – I think they're going to win the North. Over Oregon State? I don't know. It's going to be close between those two. Okay. I don't think Oregon's in that conversation. I wow. think Oregon State and Washington are the two best. I think you your school gets rolled this week. By Utah? They're getting 10 on the road, Oregon State at Utah. Well, they beat them last year. <laughs> Handily. Don't get all Smoked personal. Them. Smoked them last the year. Smugness out of well, Dustin. He's very confident. <laughs> hey, 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 when you're doing it right, hey, do it. I mean, yeah. brag. Did, did, did you watch the USC game? Uh, Oregon, State sort of. was, Oregon State was the better team by far. They were better. They win that game eight times out of ten. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like a pretty. I, I was, I was out, uh, but you know, I was turning on every once in a while and watching the stream on the phone. But it seemed, it seemed like it was a pretty fortunate victory. Yes. Yeah. So You're I not better I, or anything, are you? Oh god, that one hurt. <laughs> I would be so that one hurt. It wouldn't have hurt if if I didn't think we were the better team. But I thought we were the better team, and I thought it clearly showed. Um, so, but the good news is, I think I, I, I thought if we went one and one playing USC and Utah back to back, you got to consider that a victory. Still, that's still in play. Justin got fr- so frustrated with that loss that he started sending me trade offers in a fantasy. <laughs> yeah, what are we I doing? I started paying attention to fantasy. I was like, I can't pay attention to college anymore. Let's go see I, what first the fantasy team. I take offense. Out here? I take offense that he said my team is trash. Your team is. Trash. I have two holes in my roster, <laughs> but my team, my team as a whole. It's fantastic. It's not fantastic. I mean, I talked up Jalen Hurts before the season so much, and that's that worked out. Well, you weren't the only one. To be fair, you paid a pretty dollar, a pretty good sure. amount. But I mean, for going me. going into drafts, that was yep. a guy that I was targeting a lot, and yep. I'm, I'm happy I did that. My yep. receivers are awesome. insane. Yep. And uh, you got no running backs. You got, and you literally don't have a tight end. I don't have a tight end. You don't have a tight end at all. And I tried. Well, I tried to trade and for we, Kyle Pitts before the season from you, and we you have Pitts and Waller. Somehow. I know. We and well, the thing about it is, and we don't have a defense. So you've got two holes out of five possibilities. So uh, it's uh, kind of not that great. Well, first of all, forty percent of your team is trash. First of all, Damian Pierce is actually good. No, I didn't. Well, it's one running back. He's going to be very good at well, some point. One running back now, and, and and no tight end. No tight end. Your flex position's hurting now. Ah, CD's fine. Plus, I'm just waiting on on Hopkins. And and, and your no tight end is what? Is a, what a get with Hopkins. Only you were going after him. Yeah. No, no I didn't say I that. I completely blew that one. By the way, fun talk for everyone in Las Vegas. Exactly. Fantasy Sorry. football. Team. No, I think people are interested in fantasy. That, that's yeah. people. Are, well, it's it's the, talk it, all the time. It's your it's that strategy when you draft. Or you get no running backs, and you're like, and a lot of people do this. Yeah. You, you generally will do it, and they're like, oh, I'll just get them during the season. But the problem is. There is one completely awful team in the league, yep. and he will be picking up running backs every week. Every that week, you? that's me. That's all I have. To do for <laughs> exactly. My team is unbelievable. How bad it is! I've I didn't draft a great team, and I've had injury issues. And Eckler was like one of my big purchases, and he's been so so. I mean, in the future, what I'll do is what I accidentally did last year, which is draft all receivers. Be you know, spend all my money there, zero money on running backs, and then throw the first three weeks. I didn't throw them intentionally last year, but I was zero for three. Got all the number one running backs for each of the three weeks because we have a reverse waiver priority, <laughs> and then went on a run and won like six in a row. Yeah, the problem is that that hasn't worked out so far. There hasn't been like great no. running backs available. So I might have to lose six in a row before I actually uh, turn he's, around. Adam's I'm just mad because he's going to have to do the trade that I proposed. I need, he's going to have to I'm trying to, I'm trying to get you to, tra- to take CeeDee Lamb instead. I don't want I, Lamb. He's about to break out. He just okay, had a breakout great. game. You can keep him. He just had a breakout game him. Sunday night. Then keep him. <sighs> Stick with it. Yeah. Tough. If Raheem Mostert gets hurt, my team wins the title. Okay. 
Now you have to root for injuries. Yeah, because I got Edmonds He's splitting yeah. carries. If 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 Edmonds all of a sudden is the lone running back in that backfield, right. my team is it, it's unbeatable. And I'm guessing that you've had Mostert every year he has been hurt. Yeah, because you love him. I do. And now you drafted against him, figuring he's going to get hurt, and now he won't get hurt. He'll get hurt. No, he's hurt. He can't. He can't there's no. Oh, maybe to hold out go for send them to MetLife. <laughs> Play at MetLife once. Yeah. He remostered. There's no chance. No, he'll get two two ACLs gone. I gotta see if they have a game coming up there. <laughs> so, are the Jets. you one more football point? Are you like everyone else who thinks USC is kind of a paper tiger here that they're yes. going to wind up losing like two three games? Uh, yes, I think that I think they'll lose. They'll lose two. They'll lose two in conference. They'll lose to any. They'll lose to Washington State, I think, uh, and maybe Oregon. Well, it won't be this week because Arizona State is an absolute terrible. Mess. Colorado, Arizona State, October 9th, Dolphins at MetLife. Let's go! Stop! Don't! <laughs> oh, don't, next week. Don't do that. All right, let's move on to the five o'clock hour. You've been listening to the Battleborn Sports Hour uh, every day. If you want to listen to the archives, you can go to sportsreno.com or lvsportsnetwork.com.